Love and Watches is a podcast for male and female watch lovers alike. Perpetual Girl and Ranch Racer are a watch-crazy wife and husband team, bringing you the latest in news, gossip, controversy, and anything else that matters in the world of watches. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys and gals, welcome to another edition of the Love and Watches podcast. This is the podcast for all watch lovers, and I'm Ranch Racer. And I'm Perpetual Girl, and this is episode 23. Episode 23. What are our topics for today? Um, this is kind of your, you kind of came yeah. up with the topics for this one today. I think, I guess if you could say one word, I think the topic is bundling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like your phone and your internet and your, but, but with watches. Ah, uh, okay. I think the reason we're going to talk about bundling is because Valentine's Day is this week. And I was thinking, you know, being a husband-wife team, a lot of, a lot of, People have trouble buying gifts for their mm-hmm. spouse, and I know I have in the past. I think it's, I think it's tough for the guys especially. Um, so I, I have a few ideas of my own based on some of the things that I've recently purchased for myself and discovered or discovered through Pinterest or right. as a gift from you. Um, and we have talked about you know gift watches before, right before Christmas. We talked about different brands um we made suggestions of some brands that we thought were really great entry level or under 500 or even under 200 dollars. so um, i'm going to talk a little bit about that today and how to get your wife spouse etc started on a, a watch hobby maybe by kind of introducing it as a, an accessory mm-hmm. because it's not just a watch it's a lot of things so and that's, I think that's why what we're going to talk about. That's what makes this show so unique, right? I mean, we always hope we're bringing something unique to you guys, but and nothing against any of the other podcasts out there. There are several I listen to, but it's usually in the watch world. It's usually Men. a couple dudes mm-hmm. talking watches, maybe talking about other guys' which is stuff, great. Which, is, which is great. Like for me, I love it. Mm-hmm. But our whole point was to bring more people into this hobby, to welcome women into this hobby, be more open for them. So. This show is really, it's for our our guy listeners because they're going to have a woman giving them suggestions about what they should buy their wife or girlfriend or whatever for Valentine's Day. And for our female listeners, it might give them some good ideas that they can pass on to their non-watch-loving mm-hmm. husband or boyfriend, right? So yeah, Or partner, whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, we like I said, we hope you got, that we're always bringing you guys something unique, but I think this is what... This is what we feel we bring to the table when it comes to podcasts and watch blogs and all the stuff around the watch world is that you're getting that that other side of the coin that you just don't get that often. So I thought when 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 PG suggested this topic to me, I thought it was it was perfect. And you've got we're a little bit late just in in the way we do our podcast. And we missed last week. We we finally just decided we, we were just too sick to do it. We <laughs> we brought one to you guys a couple weeks ago, and we were coughing and hacking the whole time. So. We are now finally over our our flus, so right. uh, we thought this was a a good one to do because let's see, there's four days to Valentine's Day when this releases. You guys will have three days, so still enough time to like do an overnight delivery or a two day delivery or something like that. If or you shop buy it local, or shop, or shop local, local at your mall. Um, yep, we're not going to yeah. go crazy with with you know the upper end of the expense side. I think I'm kind of looking at it about $500 or less. Like total. 
total with all the things involved, or it could be a little bit less depending right. on brands and such. So, okay. Do you want right. to start with a wrist check? We we can start with a wrist check. We did have a couple other topics we're going to try to add in here. One was we're going to talk a little bit about about water resistance. Um, cause we're always getting questions from mm-hmm. listeners about water resistance and should I wear this in the pool? This is a topic that's been covered ad nauseum on, on other blogs and podcasts and everything. But for our listeners that maybe haven't gotten new the education or haven't heard about it or new to watches, we're going to kind of go over the, the ratings, what they mean, um, <clears throat> you know, what's safe to shower with versus do dishes with versus don't get it anywhere near water versus, you know, you can go swimming in the ocean. So We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, we might just kind of, I think we're, we might just kind of throw out some of our wishes for 2019, what we hope to see in the market, uh, in the watch world. And then uh, you were going to talk about moon phase, which is awesome because it's, I might you just get got to your that. new moon phase. Yeah. We might get to that. Um, so kind of, I guess along those lines, why don't we start with the wrist check? Sure. You go first. Oh, me first? Okay. Uh, I am wearing watch that uh that i bought uh, probably a couple months ago now um and it's the trasca free diver gray dial one month was it a month um it's the gray dial which was kind of a limited release that the guys did after their kickstarter campaign where pg bought the mint dial uh with the silver which bezel. i love yeah and beautiful watch it didn't I never wore it. It just, there's just something that just wasn't working on my wrist. And then this great gray doll came out and it was pretty much love at first sight. I had to have it. So been wearing it a lot. It's uh it's 40 millimeters. So it's a great size for pretty much any wrist. Unless you're, unless you have really, really, really tiny wrists that can be challenging for anything. But, um, at 40, it's, it's great for me. Works good for you. Um, 12 and a half millimeters thick with the crystal. It's a, it's a pretty much a flush, flush crystal, really nice coin edge, 120 click unidirectional black sapphire bezel. It's also loomed, which is, I think it's all BGW nine. So it's fantastic loom lasts pretty much all night. Mm -hmm. The only negative for me with this watch was the H link bracelet. And it's not that it's not a good quality bracelet, but for whatever reason, because of the design, and we've seen this with some other folks on Instagram, if you have hairy arms, it's just constantly pulling <laughs> See, I don't, the hairs. I didn't notice that. <laughs> of course, <laughs> you didn't personally. notice it. So <laughs> I don't wear it on the bracelet. I've got it on. There's a uh, black and gray stripe uh, Toxic Natos from Terry. Um, bond I, I, I style. Yeah, I guess it's kind of. But it doesn't bond have the style. red and the green. The true bond right. had this, the red and green stripes too. So that's what I wear it on. One thing I really like about this one is they do that. Uh, propri- they have a proprietary coating that they put on the on the case. I don't know if they put on the ba- on the bracelet. I know for sure they do it on the case. And so if you think three sixteen L stainless steel, which is pretty much what everybody uses these days, except for Rolex, they use their nine hundred four proprietary or whatever it is. But three sixteen L steel. If you look at it on the on the hard, the Vickers, it's called the Vickers hardness scale. It's about 150 HV uh, on the on the Vickers hardness scale, so that's how resistant it is to you know scratches and bumps and bangs and you know that kind of stuff. The the hardening increases that by 10 times, so it jumps it up to 1500 HV. So this thing will not scratch. I mean, you have, you really have to you'd have to slam it really hard into something for or it to scratch down. or dent yeah. or anything like that. So um, so that's what I'm wearing. 
fantastic watch. Gets a ton of wrist time, uh, even at night, like I said, because of the loom last. So this is a really fun one. Mm-hmm. Traska, there's Traska Notice. Um, those are kind of two of the of our favorite up-and-coming micro brands just because in our interfacing with the owners, they really really care about the product and work hard to deliver something that everyone's going to like and uh, at a, a, a good price point and very high quality. So definitely, if you haven't checked, <clears throat> excuse me, check out Traska, go check them out. Can't wait to see what they come up with, uh, with next. Yeah. Their quality is great. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Okay. You. Me, my turn. I'm wearing the Frederic Constant moon phase that I just got on vacation. Which we talked about in the last podcast, we but did. you didn't have in hand yet. I didn't it have had it not yet, arrived. but I have it on right now. Um, really love it. It's very different than it's awesome. anything I have. Yeah. It's a dress watch, but it's got the plain bezel, so it doesn't have that super duper diamond bling to it, which I tried on. It was gorgeous. You did try the diamond Just dial, gorgeous. The diamond bezel. That one was even still less than a Rolex would be retail, but I just didn't want to go there spending wise. Yeah, yeah. But um, I really love it. It's got the moon phase. It's got a date wheel. And the moon phase is fun for me because living in the country, I like to know it's always exciting when the moon's full because it just looks so beautiful outside. Mm-hmm. So um, Fun to know when that is. Yeah. And we might, if we have time, we might talk a little bit about moon phase and a little bit of history of it. Yeah, hopefully we'll have time because it's a neat. It's like one of the first. Yeah, deal, it's one of the know? first ways that people learn to pass to count the months passing. So yeah, uh, yeah, I you know some people feel it's a really useless complication, but for me, I think it's it's charming, super charming. It's artsy. It's got the this one actually has the little stars behind the moon. It's really pretty. So you know it's it's funny that you mentioned that, and I'm going to say this really quickly, but. When someone sure. says it's a Go it's ahead. a useless it's a <laughs> useless mm-hmm. complication, it cracks me up because you could say that about chronographs, you could say that about dates, you could you could say that about a three hand watch today in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. No, what what do you need one for? It's useless, right? You've got your phone, the times everywhere, got your computer, your laptop, your iPad or your tablet or whatever. So it bugs me when people say that's a useless <clears> complication. <throat> well. Honestly, the watch you're wearing is useless. But it, it's it convenient. Just, it's You're wearing it and you don't have to hold it. So it's quite different than well, a phone. It's exactly like a three-hand watch. Having the time on your wrist is convenient. For me, it's Very convenient, convenient. But I could live without it. We buy them because we love them. We're intrigued by watches, especially mechanicals, although we love quartz and we have a lot of quartz watches. Mm-hmm. We're about half and half split on that. We are, actually. Yeah, we're probably about half and half. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so I... It's kind of, it's, it seems like kind of a, a silly thing to say, just like if someone says, well, chronograph is useless. Well, I, I suppose you're right, but so is just wearing a watch in general. So if you don't like the complication, great. Don't don't buy one, but don't don't put it down in front of others or tell them that they wasted their money on a watch because it's a it has a complication you might think is useless. Hey, oh, and like an alarm on a watch is sort of useless totally because we useless. have alarm phones or... Yep. But look at the G-Shock, how, impor- how popular that is. Watches are not a utility item anymore. It's not a tool. Well, like for it me used it is. To be. It for used it to be they were useful because they were tools that did something that nothing else did except a big mantle clock that you can't wear on your wrist or put in your pocket, right? right? So now they're not. They're a collector's item. I mean, well, you could I almost use mine a, as a tool for timing things like no, turning I, on I, water I, hoses. I, and, yeah, I understand that, but they're, <clears throat> my point is they're not a necessary tool anymore. So... Saying a, a complication is useless is kind of silly. 
Um, like the railroad. If you're going to say that, fine. <clears throat> you're right. But so is just wearing a three-hand watch, right? I mean, it's, they're collector's items. They're But they're also fashion accessories. They're also jewelry, yeah. which is where I'm going to go today with that. Awesome. So should we should we dive into that first? Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's a great topic. So guys, basically what PG is going to do is she's going to give you some... Just a few ideas. Some bundling ideas, <laughs> which is great because she, you know, you like handbags and scarves and that kind of stuff and i'm not a super duper obsessed handbag a lot of girls are really into handbags so i'm going to give you some ideas of styles of scarves and handbags and jewelry and then you can either choose to purchase an expensive silk hermes scarf or you can choose to buy an homage but the same size um for you know twenty dollars versus 175 dollars so you can they have homages and in purses and scarves too, not they just do. watches. And the reason I am so excited about it is that I just recently, when we went to Las Vegas, you you bought me uh, my first Hermes scarf, the and little it's one, the little tiny twilly, the big ones, teeny teeny. And um, I'd never really seen a scarf like this before, but I'm telling you, the scarf is. I'm having so much fun with this style. It's only two inches wide and about. 32 inches long and you can do anything with it you can wear it around your neck you can wear it around your wrist as a bracelet you can tie it on your handbag it's a there's a whole it, it's a thing mm-hmm. there's a whole thing with purses and these little scarves so i've also seen some online um a company that i just bought a purse from because i you know i drool over the hermes birkins which are like 10 or twelve thousand dollars, and i i cannot do that mm-hmm. some people can and that's fantastic but uh i found a company called black sheep that makes a jelly type bag it's plastic and waterproof vegan and it's very similar to that hermes style with the same kind of clasps and it was 150 bucks so what is vegan when you're talking about like a purse what is vegan like it's not made out of animal. meat so it's not Non-animal made out of, of leather. ground beef not made out of leather. Gotcha. Okay. No leather. What makes it vegetarian versus vegan? Do you know? Well, vegetarian I've heard the term, both terms. As as in food, vegetarian means that you eat milk products or eggs, the products from the animal. But if you're a vegan, you don't eat the products from an animal like an egg or got it. Or so, dairy. so basically, there's no product in that. There's no animal product. There's in nothing the purse. in that product that's comes that comes from an animal so like okay, my two my new my two handbags that i have one is a leather and the other one is the plastic one i just got and i love both of them right and being an animal lover and rescuing animals i try to make conscious choices to you know choose vegan or vegetarian over not I'm, I'm not always good about that but i also check my sources mm-hmm. so as far as our food we are always you know buying local and but I don't want to get too far into food. I'm going to stick with with it, accessories. Just, but it's, it's just a good question. Kind of fascinating, yeah. right? Because when, when I think of vegetarian or especially vegan, I'm thinking food. But you actually have products that are marketed absolutely that way like too. my my little uh, brown boots that I wear outside. Those are vegan. They're like polyester. Gotcha. They're not UGG boots. They're not sheep skin. Yeah. They're plastic and right. synthetic well, and it's materials. Just like, like coats. You know, Correct. I mean, like the, down, the new synthetic materials work way better than down, yet they still sell down coats, which is and silly. that's um, I'm really a big brutal, advocate. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's I don't want to I don't want to make everybody sad, but it's pretty bad. It's terrible. It's a horrible, horrible industry. So when I see things that they say are vegan, I go for it. Yeah. 
Um, so are you, are you, are we going to be able to provide links to our listeners so they can, sure. when you give them the ideas, they could actually just go click and, and buy the stuff. I'm going to put some about? photos on, on, oh, I took okay. some combinations of, of my own watches. And I think the best way to start this, since we are a watch podcast is if you want to give a watch as a gift to your, your honey, but maybe they're not into watches, right? Maybe they're not into watches, but, um, you're trying to get them start into watches. with, start with the watch first. So if, if. If you know that um, your partner wears a lot of sterling silver or you know they wear a lot of yellow gold or they wear a lot of rose gold, you can start from there and choose a, a wristwatch that's, you know, similar. You okay, honey? <laughs> we're still, we're still kind of getting over this whole yeah, awful fine. thing that the whole country has. Um, Start with with the watch and with the metal. That's that's my advice. Like me, I like two tone. Not everybody likes two tone, but I find two tone is pretty versatile, especially if you wear silver and yellow or silver and and rose gold. But pick your metal color, um, and then choose your watch. So we talked a little bit at Christmas about brands and about some of the more modern eco drive and solar watches, which are right. fantastic for people just getting into watches because they don't have to think about it, yep. especially the solar. So although I really have an affinity and you do too for the automatic and manual windup, um, getting started, there's nothing wrong with going with quartz. Um, there's nothing wrong with quartz even for, at I, all. I still Correct. buy quartz watches. They're great. So the brands that I really like, um, you cannot go wrong with Seiko. And you can even go automatic with Seiko, like a Seiko 5. Mm -hmm. you, you can get them all day long for under $100 on Amazon. You could probably find them in the mall. I'm not sure, though. I haven't really seen many Seiko 5s, but probably there's Macy. plenty I of... I think like a Macy's would maybe, have Maybe. Um, Amazon Prime, you can get a Seiko 5 in all different colors. They have cream dials, blue, black. Um, I actually took a photo of my Seiko 5 black dial that I think I paid. Did I pay $80 for that? Yeah, it was like I I paid 80, 70 to 80. And it's, or, and it's, yeah. the, and it's an automatic with and an exhibition back. I think it's 36. It's a really nice yeah, size. That's awesome. And so you, you pick your watch and depending on your budget, you know, get something that you can afford, have your cap and then go from there. So um, I just love these little scarves that I got. Um, <laughs> I, I took a bunch of photos of different watches with different scarves and the company that I got that purse from, um, they also sell the scarves and they sell them for 20 bucks each, which is a lot less than 175. But hey, if you can afford the Hermes silk scarf, do it because there, you know, there's just nothing like that kind of a quality. So either way, you're going to, I think it's a win. Um, get something, get a, get a scarf that has a little bit of the color in it. And then an accent color. So they don't, it doesn't have to be like a solid matchy-matchy. Just have one color that matches it. Don't overthink it. And you can tie this scarf on your wrist like a bracelet right next to the watch. You've posted a lot of those. I on have. You can tie it around your neck. And you can tie it around your purse. So if your honey has a really nice purse that she carries all the time, I'd, I'd say the majority of women carry purses. Um, unless like me in the summer, sometimes I just put things in my pockets depending on what right. animal I'm dealing with. But um, these these scarves you can tie onto your purses too, and they're adorable. It's a really cute way to accessorize. And, and I'm 50, so I'm not in that super young hip category anymore, but this style even works for me. Right. So I think it's kind of a timeless, um, timeless accessory for anybody. You can tie it around your 
uh, head like a headband, you can use it as a belt, just really, really versatile. And you can go on Pinterest and there's like 50 ways to tie your, you know, twilly scarf. You can find things all day long. Mm. Um, another thing to go with it is if they don't have a, um, a new handbag, find a handbag. And there are tons and tons and tons of handbags at uh, Macy's or large department stores or Ross or Marshall's or anywhere where or they- Or online. Or online and get a neutral color. Get red or white. White for summer is really hot right now. Or black. You can never have, uh, you can always match a black purse. So like me, I have a brown purse, a black purse, and a white purse. And then I have a couple other like just, you know, tote type things. But any kind of a colorful scarf is going to match on a white or a black purse. So if you get a watch that's neutral and you get some things to match it, you can wrap up, put the the watch inside the handbag as, as the wrapping. And you can have a lot of fun with, you know, kind of bundling up these things that you normally wouldn't go out and say, oh, I think I'm going to buy my girlfriend a scarf. It's like, you don't, you don't really think of that. So that's just something I've discovered recently that I think really works. And I think it's really thoughtful. So if you present your honey with something like that, I think they're going to be like, wow, this is really, really cute. And Versal, I can wear this with all these different things, and what a what a great idea! So, well, I think it's like I, watching what you've been buying and looking at. I think it would be like it'd be really fun to give you a handbag with a, one of those little scarves tied around the handle, and then when you open it up, there's a watch inside, uh -huh. and that's cool, right? That like the bag is the wrapping, and then you've got even more stuff inside, and and they all and they all go together because they're accessories. I mean, a watch is an accessory. Right. It can even be a fashion watch, but it's all going to look good together. Because you're you're kind of introducing the person to, wow, this is a really cool watch. I mean, yeah, it's a watch and it it matches my bracelet or my shirt or whatever. But um, this is, you know, it could be a smart watch because some of the smart watches now look like regular watches. Right. And it's just kind of a neat way to introduce someone. Um, I didn't really get into too much to jewelry, but we've talked about jewelry before. Right. And um, a lot of a lot of gals liked and and guys like to wear bracelets with their watches. So that's another fun one where sometimes I'll wear a bracelet on one hand with a scarf and then my watch by itself so I don't scratch it. Um, I have a fantastic leather bracelet that you bought me. Um, you can you can get all different price points of of leather bracelets. So you can get designer um, boutique bracelets or any kind of of leather beaded bracelet. So that you could do the the hat trick bundle. So, <laughs> all right. So do you want to, do you have like bundle number one that you can talk people through like the watch and the purse and the scarf type stuff? I have some photos. So um, let's talk about some of what your recommendations right are. And these are all just, um, it's, it's all just whatever you want to, whatever you want to do with it. There's no hard and fast rule really. Oh, of course but, not. Um, you just want to try to give our guy listeners yeah, some good so ideas. Some of the examples I saw online for watches, like I said before, the Citizen, EcoDrive, Quartz's, um, Seiko has solar. Seiko 5 is an automatic watch and that's a really affordable watch because it's not, it doesn't have a lot of diamonds or anything on it. So you could spend under a hundred on a watch like that, which those are awesome watches to get people started. Um, do you have Do you have any um, reference numbers or? Uh, some of the some of the ones that I've seen, like the one that we gave your mother and your mom last year, mm -hmm. is a Bulova Automatic, and that's a really lovely 
gorgeous watch. I think it well, was. Well, it was a great it, brand. It, that was about 300 though, I think. So that's a little higher. It's, that's all right. It's still affordable. But so it's an automatic and it had an open, open heart, heart. Yeah. Which is really cute. There's actually a lot of open heart styles that are heart shaped. If you really want to go Valentine-y. I want to say it was like a 32 or a 34 millimeter. It's a 34. It's about the same size okay. as a Datejust or okay. my uh, With a other white. I think mother of a, pearl yeah. dial. Uh, yeah. So Bulova makes that. They make that one in blue. And then there are a number of citizen and other Bulovas that are, um, they're definitely more feminine and they have diamonds on them. Um, they're under 500. Uh, you can get this, the same watches without the diamonds for, for less. Um, I'm a big fan of two-tone, but you don't have to do that. So just kind of get to know what kind of jewelry she already has or he already has and then go from there. But um, that, I just kind of took my watches. Mm-hmm. Here oh, comes the secretary. The secretary's coming Hi. in. Um, I took my watches and paired them up with some scarves. And I can tell you like the color themes. So, um, oh, okay. Yeah, that would be good. Okay. So the first one I wanted to talk about is um, I just played around this morning with my existing collection and a few scarves that I have. I have about four or five of these little scarves um, in from varying price ranges. So if you're going to go two-tone, it kind of gives you a little more flexibility as far as your jewelry, or you can go all one metal color. So for example, I was wearing my... Uh, Speedmaster with the mother of pearl dial and it's got some pink hands and it's got a white bezel so I grabbed a scarf that had uh, white pink has some yellow in it and some gray and black and even though the yellow is not uh, it's a warm color and the watch has mostly cool colors it still works because there's a color in there that picks up the watch so it doesn't have to be a, like rocket science just make sure that it has a color Mm-hmm. one color that matches that watch. Well, and obviously your Omega is way out of the price range that Correct. We're, we're talking Correct. about. Correct, but I am looking right now at a Citizen EcoDrive that has right. a, um, no, I'm sorry, it's a Bulova, and it's the Marine Star, and it has a Mother of Pearl dial, and they actually make this one, I believe, in a two-tone yellow. So, And what size is it? Does it say on there? The Bulova, 37 millimeter, so it's a so really nice size. size. Yeah. It's pretty. Right, so we'll, and I think and a lot we'll, of gals like, like a reference number up on the website. Yeah, I think a lot of gals love the Mother of Pearl. It's so pretty. It's really feminine, and it's a lot of fun. And then, where did the what brand is that scarf that you that you were the scarf? With? That scarf is from Black Sheep. Black Sheep. So the pink scarf is the Black Sheep brand. Um, the next one I paired a scarf with. It's a, a turquoise, like a really pale blue, with uh, a pattern of gold chain and black and white animal print and I had my Bulova um, Swarovski all crystal watch on it and that's got blue hands so it picks up the blue in the scarf so that's the only thing it really you know it's white and blue watch with the white yellow black and blue scarf and I'm going to put all these pictures online too so what was the colors on that scarf Uh, like white and so they they match the watch yeah so it's white with an animal print oh I see is that one of those black sheep ones? Mm-hmm. Cool. So we'll put the photos up and you can kind of see. It doesn't have to be perfect, but just grab one or two colors that's in the watch and it'll work. Um, that same pink and, and grayish black scarf I put on with my pink Timex. 
that yeah, see, really, that's really, really bright. That's cool. I mean, that Timex is like a $20 watch. Mm-hmm. And it looks fantastic with this little scarf. It does. It it's looks totally really good. fun. And it totally dresses up the watch. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I have the orange version of that as well. And I put that with the Hermes scarf. That's even cooler. And that's like the one scarf I have has the horse equestrian print. And it's got a, the really bright Hermes orange and a bright blue. And the Timex is a uh, orange dial with gold. So there really isn't any gold in that scarf, but it still works. So here's the really cool thing about that. Even though it's a Herm, is it Hermes? Hermes. Hermes. Um, they're not cheap scarves. I think they're like 300 bucks. No, it's 170. Oh, oh that's not. Okay. So 170 well, for bucks. For a scarf, that's a lot for some people. Maybe, yeah. but the watch is 20, 20 bucks. bucks. Yeah. So you're out you're of there bundling. for under $200 uh-huh. with a really cool combo. And the scarf, uh, I don't think there's any girl that would turn away a silk scarf. That I love that combo. That's really cool. Because guys like blue. I think guys like orange a lot too. Mm-hmm. So that's like just an awesome combo. Yeah. Um, I have another. I put that same scarf with my Casio gold with too. the turquoise. And yeah. that's a, uh, I think that's like a $17 watch. Yeah, that looks so, great. Um, I think the orange looks even better, but that looks good. The orange looks good. And then... Um, I put that same watch with the gold and the blue. So that's more colors that match. That's a better match, I think, because you've so, got the gold and the blue that both match the watch. Right. It's a lot of fun. And we'll definitely put reference numbers for these watches, guys. So you can you can look at the photos. We'll put the watch name, the reference, the scarf. Where you, We'll give you a link to where you can get the scarf. You can get these watches all day long on um, Amazon. Yeah, two-day shipping, sometimes one day. And then I I have a, a black Hermes bracelet, the Kelly. It's a double wrap. But the nice thing about some of these leather bracelets is that they don't they're not gonna scratch your watch because right. the sides are leather. <clears throat> so yeah. there, there are billions a, and billions of bracelets online. That's a more expensive combo because you've got your moon phase in there, which was twenty six hundred, I think. And then the bracelet. So that's a more bracelet's about but if your budget allows it and you really want to get your wife into watches this one i don't like i would say that was a good one if your wife already has watches uh and she because it's a mechanical it's a moon phase there's a lot more going on a lot more to set Mm -hmm. so that would not be hey i want to try to get my wife into watches because you buy that and she doesn't like it you're out 2600 bucks right so to an entry level and yes we are a watch podcast and we want to bring watches to people but if if you can uh, have the person enter the watch world like a gateway watch it doesn't have to be a big fancy expensive watch it can you can spend more on the scarf or the bracelet a nice sterling silver bracelet with a watch and have it be like um you know stack them up on your wrist and stacking is a big trend well and like that one you could do timex has all kinds of fantastic quartz watches with you know slim like 34 36 millimeter nice white dial with a black leather band oh yeah it would look just as good as as that moon phase does without that bracelet oh absolutely there's so many watches out there and there's vintage too on ebay but you're not going to be able to get that that quickly if it's valentine's day this week yeah that's going to be tough um, and then the same scarf the blue white and the uh gold i tied it around the handle of my purse so I carry a black purse and I have a, that, that new good. white purse. And yeah. that's a big trend now too, is to, uh, is scarf artistry on your purses. So, well, th- and that's good. And then you drop a watch in there. Exactly. Drop, drop a so Timex in the bag, right? T- creative packaging. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And you don't have to spend a lot on a purse. You can get, you can get nice handbags anywhere. I think I've seen some really nice 
bags over at like the Payless Shoe Source. Oh yeah, really cute stuff, and they're they're probably not going to be leather, so it's going to be, uh, you know, if if you're worried about using animal mm-hmm. hides, you you can do that, and it may not last as long, but it's going to be, you know, you can haul it to the beach and not worry about it. Now, what's that black purse you just showed me? That is a Dunian Burke, and that's a brand they sell at Macy's, and that's more of a what designer. What does that run? Uh, I believe that one was like two twenty five, which is so still, not bad. I mean, we're for, still way under our five hundred dollars limit. And that's an outstanding quality leather. Yeah, that's, that's a, a pretty nice big bag. bag. Yeah. So you get that and a watch and a scarf, still be well under your under five hundred dollar budget, right? That we've set you could even do the Hermes scarf and a purse and a watch and still be and under. still be under. Yeah, that's awesome. Now you've got another <clears throat> that white one you just bought. And is that that same brand that black sheep? Yeah. Brand. I've been giving them a lot of because you a had lot of some, kudos today. You had some photos of that one with like some like I your do. pulsar. Wasn't it your pulsar two tone that kind of looks like a <clears throat> yeah the Rolex homage? Yeah, yeah. It looked great with it because the hardware is gold on it. Yeah, so like a, a Seiko two tone quartz, mm-hmm. right? Just out of their core line. So the Seiko has their core line, which is you'll find that at Macy's or J.C. Penney or whatever mall store. Yep, has Seiko. Your, yeah, your jewelers in the mall will have combo. a really great selection of ladies, ladies quartz watches, and yeah. and the the trend now is the um, little bit larger. They've got some diamonds in them, but they're usually the eco drive, so it's going to be a, a hassle free watch right. for someone who doesn't want to have to worry about that, and they're going to be a little more feminine. And if your if your honey likes more, you know, the larger. Uh, bulkier watches get them a get them a dive watch get a get a blue dive watch and get a scarf with some pink and blue in it and really dress it up because it totally so changes the look like, of the she's watch she's more like outdoorsy or, uh-huh. or a scuba diver or or yep. even she just likes to go out in the water or whatever um that would be a, a good now what what brands would you recommend like if you have a smaller wrist and you wanted to get a dive watch oh that's such a tough one um I've only really seen small enough dive watches that are vintage, like the older Seikos and Bulovas. Yeah. But um, Seiko 5, those tend to be smaller. And they, they do make a few that have like the larger uh, rotating bezel right. that give you that sort of uh, vintage feel. So what we should, we'll try to do a little searching and try to put at least a couple links for more sportier watches. Um, well, and the Invictas are all sporty. Yeah, the Invictus the, the are Invicta all small. was kind of the first yeah. one that popped into my mind because you can get a smaller Invicta, like a 38 millimeter with dive a, watch. With an NH35 Seiko movement inside yeah, of it. Yeah, that's not crazy. I mean, look, some of the big Invictas, I, Mike and uh, I think or Mike yeah, and Kaz we just talked about to this. Them. And They're, Kaz is actually mm-hmm. doing, a, for Two Broke Watch Knobs, he's reviewing two different Invictas. One that's like a serious review on a, a submariner a submariner Clone, homage yeah. uh, and then another which is one of those watches that is, has caused Invicta to get this um, reputation within the watch collector community it's just crazy big gaudy ugly cabling around I mean just it's yeah it's with lots silly, of little right? parts and things now some people like that but I think that's what's contributed to the the Invicta hate but anyway aside from that aside from that if you're if your honey likes uh if there's a cartoon character or somebody something that they love yeah. Invicta has the Disney yep. all the brands Betty Boop Disney um 
And a lot of those are quartz, so Mickey. she doesn't have to worry about winding or resetting it or any of that. Snoopy, garbage. I have a, I have a red Snoopy, a stainless with a red bezel and red dial, and that would be adorable with like a red, white, and blue scarf. Oh yeah. Or um, red and black, red so and white. So you definitely need to take a picture of that one with, you know, so people. Know I mean, it's it infinite like... combos. You could do infinite possibilities with um, a scarf and a and a watch and then even a little bracelet on the side. If yeah, you but we're guys. Something. We need to have our hands held. You got to show us what to buy. <laughs> I, I mean, come on. Let's be honest. I'm well, a, and I I'm study color theory. Shopper. So for me, it's easy. But, yeah. So we um, got to give our listeners like some specific examples. Yeah, try not to overthink it, but pick a color. So if, you're, if your watch has a red bezel, pick a scarf that has a little bit of red in it. It doesn't have to be all red or red and black. It can it can have some really wild things going on, but you just want something to tie it together. And it'll look good next to the watch on your wrist. Yeah. You can even use a scarf to tie up the, the box with a bow. You can make Ooh, that yeah. the bow. That'd be a good idea. See, so, I wouldn't even think of that. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. And and I've I've bought scarves for years, big ones, like uh, big silk ones that you wear around your neck or shoulders. But um, lately I've just had so much fun with these little two-inch wide, almost like a necktie Mm-hmm. It's just a long, heck, you can even, I could make one on my sewing machine. But um, for now, uh, yeah, Black Sheep, you could probably look on Amazon and look up a two-inch wide scarf. Or if you really want to go for it, go to your Hermes boutique and pick. They, I mean, they have so many combos. I couldn't even pick when I when I chose one. It was yeah, so hard to pick. Yeah, you pulled that whole box out and it's like, oh my uh, gosh, It's like they're, all, they're all like works of art and, and even the affordable ones that are not their brand are, are so much fun. Yeah. A lot of people are making these little tiny twilly style scarves out of their existing scarves. They're cutting four inch strips and sewing them together. Hmm. So it's, it's definitely, it's not a new thing, but um, I've seen a lot of it coming up for spring and I'm seeing it them tied on handbags. And they're small. This isn't like the scarf that you traditionally think of that hangs over your neck. It's got like four feet on either side and you no. wrap it around. These are little tiny things. They're two short. inches wide and 32 it's inches long. It's almost like a, when you tie it around your neck, it's almost a little bow tie, right? It's, they're I mean, super cute. Yeah. And and it, I think it, it's really age appropriate for anybody because right. like I said, I'm 50. I'm not, um, you know, I'm getting to where I'm, not, you know, I have to be really careful with trends because I, it's not age appropriate and I look like I'm trying to act too young. And this style works for me, and I, I see it on younger girls, and I think it's a really timeless style, and it's so versatile. You can do anything with it. Wrist, neck, headband, belt. Um, although I don't know that I'm small enough to wear it as a belt, but I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure some of you out there are. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, most of what I do around here is, is, um, involves dirt and animals, so... I don't. I don't wear a scarf and a nice watch outside when I'm right. mucking a yeah, no, these are when poop out of a out. stall. But yeah. um, but even just going to the store, you know, grab a white T-shirt and a pair of jeans, and you don't have to do much if you've got this watch and the scarf and a purse. You can right. do all your accessorizing with that, and then just wear your same skinny jeans and a black T-shirt or a white T-shirt. I mean, it, it makes it so easy to get dressed. Right. <clears throat> so it's just kind cool. of things I've discovered. As I've gotten older to kind of try to make my life simpler. Yeah. So, but I've got lots of photos. I can, I can, we can put a bunch of uh, a collage online and. Yeah. So guys, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or whatever other platform, like most people do, and you don't listen to it on the website, you'll definitely, when you get to where you're going or in the evening after you've had a chance to listen to the podcast, 
go to the website and the the first post that you'll see will be this episode click on that and then we're going to have a ton of photos reference numbers you know model names for your purses and stuff it'll all be there perpetual girl girl is going to give us you know photos of all the stuff together and we'll we'll give you all the info and Mm -hmm. if you see a combo you like then you're going to have everything you need right there to go order we'll give you links and all that stuff so. so just to recap don't overthink it keep it simple um start with the watch uh from there if you want to pick out a handbag do monochromatic one color and hopefully the metal hardware on the purse matches the watch so if you get a rose gold watch don't get a yellow gold hardware zippers on the purse so just kind of try to match it and then the scarf keep those simple the scarf can be wild one color that matches either of them yeah. And then you can put that scarf on anything, your hand, your your head, the purse, your wrist. Cool. So I think it's a great combo. And awesome. so much fun because it's more than one thing. It's yeah. kind of like, oh, a watch. I love the watch, but look at all these other things that match. And it kind of, yeah. I think it's fun. But yeah, I think I think being able to you know put the watch inside a handbag or something. Or, Very clever. I think that's all good stuff. Cool. All right. Well, should we... Is that it? Is that what you wanted to talk about on the? That's pretty much. That's pretty much it. Um, I you know I was gonna get a list together for guys on Valentine's Day, but I think we still have a majority of guy listeners. So uh, if you're one of our female listeners and you want some ideas, just DM me. You know, give us a DM over Instagram or email us at admin at Love and Watches, or you can even email me direct at ranchracer at Love and Watches. and I'll, I can, you know, try to help you out based on what your hubby likes. And... Yeah. You know, um, one thing that I discovered was last year I got you your Pepsi turtle oh, yeah. Seiko. And I think that's probably when I see guys posting on Instagram, I think that's pretty much a universal win is the Pepsi, yeah, any Seiko dive watches, the is a Pepsi. Win. Yeah. Um, yeah. and the patty and the patty's a little yep. smaller. So if, um, isn't the case, it's just slightly smaller. No, it, well, it depends. There's different versions yeah, of the patty, but the patty turtle one. is going to be the same size as any turtle case. Right. But there's one that's a patty that's different and it's a little bit smaller. Yeah. Well, there's, I don't know. I remember you the didn't patty want the patty. The Seiko 5. The well, cause the patty is more of a blue dial and I like the black dial with the, with the Pepsi bezel. Whereas the patty is gives you that light blue di- or the darker blue dial. So anyway, mm-hmm. I think yeah, a Seiko Diver is a win for any guy. But like I said, if you if you're one of our female listeners and you want some ideas, definitely just DM me and I'll I can certainly help out. I can give you links to Amazon and all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, cool. And you know, I'm seeing a lot of great sales on at Macy's right now. Oh yeah, of course, all the Valentine's I to, Day I, sales. I don't mean to be plugging. I'm not trying to plug, but I'm telling you, they have a great selection on watches. Yeah, they do. They actually do have a really good selection. And I think there's a Macy's in just about every major city, so yep. can't yep. go wrong. And they do have a lot of the ladies' um, boulevards, and, and they have a lot of boulevards down at our local jeweler in the mall, too, our, yeah. our, our AD. Yep. So check out your local guys and... Um, I think unless unless your wife's a, a a collector also, you know, start with the really pretty quartz and get something that's really easy that they don't have to wind and fuss with because that right. that'll make you not want to use it if you have to deal with that. Sure. Okay. So should we um let's see. Should we talk about water resistance? Sure. Let's let's talk about water resistance. Okay. So 
water resistance has come a long way just in the last 20 to 30 years. Um, and I, I love this uh, this table that you found, uh, which is out of the... We should give credit to... Um, who is it? Well, this was out of the main article for ISO, right? The 6425 standard? Yes. Table you got? Yeah, so... So inter- the International Standards Organization developed something, uh, a standard called uh, 6425. Now, before that happened, I think that was like late 90s, early 2000s. But before that happened, there wasn't really anything that was uh, officially a dive watch, even though you know, Rolex and Blancpain and Omega, they were making dive watches years and years and years ago, right? You they had that Casio like the you dove into, that little, oh, so, that one. <laughs> yeah, this is the one that I grabbed. Hold, so, he's holding it, fellas. Like in and the ladies. late, I want to say it was like early 90s. Yeah, it was like early to mid 90s. Um, I got my scuba certification. And back then there wasn't any... Uh, there was no official dive watches, right? There weren't nothing in terms of a certification. Um, there were no dive computers or they were just coming out and they were massively expensive. So uh, we had What's all a dive of, computer dive computer basically tells you it, it keeps track of your depth. It tells you how long you can stay. If you have to decompress, do you wear it um, or is it a box? It, or? Yeah, it's a box that's on the rest of your octopus gear, which comes oh. out of your tank, right? So it tells you your air. It keeps I'm not track a diver, folks. I'm a snorkeler. So so traditionally, when you went scuba diving, um, you had to have... So your gauges told you how much air you had in your tank and how deep you were. And that's really about it. That's all your gauges told you. Maybe they had water temp, but there wasn't a whole lot that you got off your gauges. So... We had something called dive tables and basically you would look at, okay, how, how far do we plan on diving? And you'd have to plan this all out in advance. And you had a little tablet with a, with a marker that worked underwater and basically real math, huh? Yeah. And so you'd use your dive tables and you'd say, okay, we're going to be, we want to go down to this depth. How long can we stay at that depth before we get to a point where we need to decompress? We need to do what's called a decompression stop. So is that so you don't get the bends? Yeah. So as the nitrogen is coming out of your is outgassing, you need to give it time to get out of your bloodstream because if oh, you come when up, you're descending, when you're coming up, oh right, if right, you come right, up right, too right. fast and that nitrogen quickly expands, you get air bubbles that that come that expand in your in your arteries and mm. it gives you something called the bends. So and it can kill very, you. Very very painful. It can kill you. So basically, where I'm going with this is it was massively important that you had something to tell time underwater, right? Because you needed to know- Just elapsed time? Okay, we've been down here for X amount of of minutes. And I know I can only stay down here for, you know, an hour and five minutes. Based on how much oxygen's in your tank? Okay. Based on oxygen and based on how much nitrogen your body's absorbing. And how much time it's going to take you to go back up to the surface. You have to factor that in as well? Yeah. Slowly? Yeah, so- so you, you needed to have a watch that, that kept track of how long you were underneath. So manufacturers have been, been making water-resistant watches for years. Um, the watch that, when I was diving, I bought probably one of the most prolific Casios ever produced, which is the a it's the AMW-320R. You've probably seen them on Instagram if you're, if you're a watch person. It's that kind of like sun sun ray yellow it's champagne dial it's beautiful yeah champagne and black bezel it's got a black bezel with gold markings okay the bezel turns in both directions now i thought one direction was what you wanted for a dive you do and that's we'll talk about that 
but this is before the standard. There was no ISO standard when I was diving. So again, I think the ISO standard was like late nineties, early two thousands, cause it, it didn't really exist. So you bought what was out there, right? So the, the bezel allows you to turn, you know, to turn it. So you match it up with the minute hand. Mm-hmm. And then as the minute hand tracks, you're tracking your dive time, right? Now, what happens if I accidentally bump this up against a rock or something and it turns to the right? You've just messed up your time. I've just messed up my time. I've now shortened my time, right? So now basically, if I don't know how much it rotated, You're I'm going to have to go up. You got to go up right now, okay? So one of the things that the ISO standard did is it said, okay, it's going to have to have a bezel that rotates only to the left. What if you bump it and it does rotate it? Well, if you bump it to the left, you're increasing your time. That's right? your no, you've decreased your time. So that just means that you're not going to get as much time underwater as you had hoped when okay. it gets to your number, right? right? right. But you're not going to add any time by going to the right. That's the most important time that part. you don't have borrowed. Time, you're adding yeah. time you don't have, right? So the first one of the first things that the ISO standard said was it has to be and we're not just talking dive watches. We're going to get into water resistance, but this is kind of where all these ratings came from. So the bezel can only turn to the left, right? Uh, and then there's some other stuff with the standard. Like you have to be able to, sh- to see that the watch is running, which means normally if it's a mechanical watch, you, you got to have a, a seconds hand that's, that, that's actually moving. So right. you know the watch hasn't failed. It hasn't stopped running. Like the watch I'm wearing right now does not have a second hand. Correct. In, and there's no way you actually know if that's working unless you look at it and Sit then five minutes wait. later, look at right. it again, make sure the minute hand's moving. Um, but when you go in de- down at depth and, and the light decreases, it can be hard to see the watch. So you need to be able to see the watch. Well, the most standard way of doing that is you put luminescent material on it so you can still see it in the dark, right? So those were some of the things that you had to have with the ISO standard. But more importantly, they developed kind of a, a chart that talks about how much water resistance a watch has or what it's rated at and then what that means in terms of what it's suitable for. So you're going to see water resistance uh, spelled out. It could be in three, actually three different ways. Um, It could be, you might see something rated as a bar um, or as an atmosphere and bar and atmosphere are similar. Um, Or you may see it rated at in meters. Mm possibly feet as well. Usually if it's measured or rated in feet, it will also be rated in meters. So how does, how does this equate to looking at, at these ratings? So if it's rated in atmosphere or bar, add a zero to it and that's your meters. Okay. So So 30 bar. So if it's, if it's a, a three bar or three atmosphere rated watch, add a zero. That's good 30 for 30 feet. meter, 30 oh, meters. meters. That gives you your meters Got it. to get your feet. I just multiply by three. So that's like 90 feet. It's actually 3.281 mm-hmm. is the actual number to get your feet. But you know, rough numbers multiply by three and, and there's your feet. <clears throat> so most dress watches, if they're water resistant, they're going to be resistant to about three atmospheres or 30 meters. Now where the confusion comes in is that's static pressure, meaning if you put that watch in a chamber of water, pressurize it to 30 bar, right? That watch can stand it. But if you're, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're like in a swimming pool or let's say you jump into a swimming pool, cannonball, cannonball, whatever, the watch hits the surface really hard. Like you jumped off the top of like a 
boat or something. Yeah. Even if you're, even if it's just going a foot or two under the water after you hit, it absorbed a lot of pressure, right? It could have absorbed a lot more than 50, than 50 meters worth or three bars. That's why you'll see it measured in, in pressure, which is bars or atmospheres. It may have absorbed more. If it, if it hits the water at, you know, 12 atmospheres or higher, you're probably going to get water penetration. So it's not just it's not just about oh it can it can withstand 30 meters so I'm going to go in my pool with it. Don't think about it that way. Even just moving your hand quickly underneath the water is exerting pressure on that that's over and above the static pressure at say 12 inches underwater. Right? So you could have your arm 12 inches underwater and move it if you're left-handed move it really fast to the left with your with the watch leading the charge, right? Mm-hmm. You're absorbing a lot more than 30 atmospheres in that case, you could be absorbing enough to actually force water through those seals because it's all about how the watch is sealed. So if you see a watch that's rated at three atmospheres or 30 meters, that's like, you know, if it gets splashed in the rain, it's going to be okay. But not a good idea to go go in the swimming pool with it or in the ocean or anything like that. I wouldn't even shower with that. I used to shower in all my little Casios when I was like in high school, college. Yeah, I did too. I used to. I, 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 I never had any sh- issues. Showered with the watch, um, but it's important to note that there is the potential for water to get in there if it experiences more pressure than it's rated at. Right. So doing right. dishes is about as dishes is probably fine. As wild as you want to get. Yeah, it. I I wouldn't, especially if you have like a really strong shower head and it hits it at the right <laughs> angle and yeah. goes right into the. Or crown if you live tube, in Germany right? and have great water pressure. Right. But so that's basically. You know, I wouldn't even wear it like fishing because if you're reaching under the water to grab a fish off the line or whatever, don't do it. That's that's a watch that shouldn't get wet unless it just gets little, you know, splashes of water droplets on it in the rain or something or washing dishes. I probably wouldn't even wash dishes. There's a chance you'd get it under the water flow, the direct um, mm-hmm. pressure, and then it could get in there. So, Well, and it's likely that your dress watches have a leather band. And yeah. no one wants to get your crocodile or whatever your nice band that you yep. don't want to get wet. And would it be also safe to say, I know this is kind of silly, but if it doesn't have loom on any part of the dial, is it probably not something that is rated for, is that just uh, a coincidence? In general, yes, you would be correct. Most because dress most watches dress don't watches have loom. don't have loom. But I've seen dress watches rated at 100 meters. And you could totally go swimming in that. It's just, you're not going to use it at night when you can't see. And you wouldn't scuba dive with it because you're not going to see it at depth. But it doesn't need loom to use it in the pool in the bright daylight, right? So <clears throat> loom is a good thing to look at, but it's not necessarily an indicator of what you can right. do with the watch. So It could be coincidental. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so stepping up from three bars or atmospheres to five bars or atmospheres or 50 meters, which is about 150 feet, you definitely go swimming in that. Um, you know, water-related fun activities like if you want to go whitewater rafting or you know well, somewhere where you're potentially falling in the water or dunking your hand in the water you're going to be okay with a 50 right. at, or well, five atmosphere it says watch. non-snorkeling re- water related but i've snorkeled and it's not a wild sport no but like if you snorkel down to <clears throat> excuse me like you know if you dive to 15 oh 15 I feet see. if you're, and you're moving down, your, and you're moving your it. hand really hard you could exceed that five atmosphere yeah. that's why they tell you not to do that i don't snorkel like that <laughs> some people do even, but i just anymore, i sort but... of bob around like a cork on top of the water so if you know your limitations then maybe you are okay with that yeah you know? possibly so 
so fr from five atmosphere, you go to 10 atmosphere. That's probably the most common water resistance uh, number that you're going to see in the watch world is, is 10 atmospheres, which equates to 100 meters or 300 feet. Mm -hmm. So now you're getting to some pretty serious depths, right? When it comes to ISO, you're, it's not suitable for diving because the minimum requirement for the ISO 6425 standard is 20 atmospheres or 200 meters. So technically, hundred you're not going to be able to dive with a 100 meter watch. You can swim in it. You can snorkel in it. You can any water sport you can think of, really. You could wear a 100, 100 meter or 10 atmosphere watch. Now, <coughs> excuse me, having said that, if you have a watch that you just love that's loomed up great and you know it's it's rated down to 100 meters if you scuba dive with it and you've got your normal dive computer and your backup dive computer or whatever go ahead you're probably not going to do any damage because usually the maximum the maximum depth for recreational diving is 100 feet it's not very deep right that's like 30 meters a little over 30 meters so it's rated further than most people go it's it's rated further in depth but ISO, when they did the standard, they said 200 is max. This is a 300-meter watch I'm holding right now, and it's a yes. Invicta with a NH35 movement. So yep. that's a 300-meter watch. This is the one I swim in all summer. <clears throat> yeah. Does it say diver on the on the dial? Uh, it says it's got a little diver helmet. Mm -hmm. It says it says 1,000 feet, 300, yeah, meters, 300 meters, water resistant. Uh, on the side, it says Grand Diver, and that really large text know, that the one thing Kaz was joking about. It's like, I don't like it either. It's like kind of overkill on that one. I don't think they need to do that. It's actually a really pretty watch. So let's. this is a great example. Let's talk about that. So that that is rated, easily rated for the, the minimum ISO rating. It's got a unidirectional bezel. It's got um, nice bezel. So you can see it at night. You know it's working. You can see it at depth. But... Very likely, that's not ISO rated. The only reason I say that is, in if you if you see a watch that says diver on the dial, a manufacturer is not allowed to put the word diver or diving watch or dive watch on the dial unless they have put it through the battery of tests that is specified for the ISO sixty four twenty five certification. So a lot of a lot of watches that you buy that are marketed as dive watches, they will be just fine for diving. They may not have the ISO certification because they didn't go through all the testing for it, but it's still going to be fine for diving. So that's an important thing to note is that you could totally dive with that watch, even though it's not ISO 6425 certified, mm. it doesn't say diver on the dial, you could still totally scuba dive with it. Wow. So we talked about 100 meter, 200 meter or 20 atmosphere, 20 bar. That's where you're going to get... Uh, and it's, they, they say it's suitable for diving because it meets the minimum ISO requirement. So you could do it for any kind of diving, serious water sports, anything like that. Um, well, this one has an exhibition back, which I don't know is really good for diving. Isn't that something that they normally don't put on a, like you won't find a Rolex with a, or a Pepsi Seiko dive watch with a exhibition back. Cause doesn't that, doesn't that structurally compromise the water tightness it would yeah so i and i don't know this I is all really basic stuff because we have some listeners that i don't know us. if you can get iso certification with a sapphire case back i don't know my guess is no but you might be able to because all you have to do is pass the tests 
generally an ISO certified watch is going to have a solid case back because it that's just one more spot where it could leak, right? Because that crystal has to be sealed against right. whatever mechanism screws onto the back. Um, now you might see uh, something that's that is certified as a diver's 100 meter. This this was uh, would be an older dive watch that back in the day it met the original ISO standard, but in general think 200 meter as the ISO standard. Now, once you get into watches like 300 meter um, or 30 atmosphere, you see a lot of dive watches rated at that. PG, you've got your Invicta there, which is rated mm-hmm. at, at 300 meters. You know, you can use that for any kind of diving. Sometimes you'll see watches that have something like another, either a flush, like little button on the side of the case or another crown located somewhere on the edge of the case. And... It's called what's called a helium release valve. And we've talked, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but basically um, it's unless you are what's called a saturation diver, you will never need a helium release valve. Um, It's cool and guys like it because they can say, yeah, this is rated to 300 meters. I can release the helium when I come up. Well, you don't, unless you're a saturation diver, you will never, ever, ever need it. What what it's used for is for divers that are working down at at very deep uh, ocean depths for long extended periods of time, uh, which means they're not coming up to the surface every day. So they go they go down and they live in a pressurized chamber in the evening, right? So they they so come into this chamber, they take off their gear, they sleep, they eat, all that stuff. Well, and that that chamber is pressurized at that working depth. So they can just go get their gear on, go, you know, drop right down into the water. And they're already at that specified pressure where at whatever depth, if they're working at, you know, 300 feet down, then they're going to be 10 atmospheres of pressure. Well, what happens is at those depths, when they're in their dry area and their sleeping area and stuff, right. At that kind of pressure, um, really small molecules can get into the watch. Helium is a really small molecule at that depth. Low molecular weight? Yeah, so it can actually squeeze past seals and stuff. Now, it's not going to hurt anything. It's just air, right? It's a gas. So it's not going to hurt anything. But what hap- what was happening back in the day before they came up with the helium release valve is when these divers would go through their... Um, they, they basically get into a chamber that slowly brings them up to surface uh, surface pressures, right? Which is light pressure. Well, what was happening in those watches is those little tiny helium molecules that got into that snuck into the watch when they were in their living environment down there, um, they would expand and put so much pressure on the inside of the watch that the crystals would pop. Ah, right. So, uh, they came up with a helium release valve. Some of them are manual, some of them are automatic, but as the divers sit in their chamber where they are very slowly brought back up to surface pressures, or I should say brought back down to surface pressures, um, they have a way to release the heat, those helium molecules out of the watch so that it doesn't put pressure in, and bust the crystals. So that's, if you see something with a helium, you know, 300 mm-hmm. meter, or you'll even see, you know, 600 meter, I mean, thousand meter for like the, the Rolex deep sea, all those kinds of watches. They're going to have helium release valves. That's all that is. And I just read, I just pulled this up on the internet and it is correct that helium has a really low molecular weight. So yes. that <clears throat> college chemistry is coming back. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a small molecule, mm-hmm. right? It's lightweight. So 
it can sneak past those seals when you are in a dry environment down at depth and you're pressurized. So that's so there's more helium in the air at depth than there is up at sea level. Not more. It's just that it's a small molecule and at and depth it gets pressure? squeezed even Got smaller, it. and it gets squeezed small enough that it can sneak past your seals up at at normal at you know zero atmosphere right so at at sea level pressure it's not zero atmosphere because we have the pressure of the of the atmosphere on us but at at sea level atmosphere or sea level pressure helium molecules are too too big i think actually you have more pressure under the water they might still sneak in but in any case at depth when they do sneak in and then when those helium when they expand at lower pressure right to their normal sea level size or weight as you ascend, then that's when it pops across. So the molecular weight changes? Sure, because they're being squeezed at the lower pressures, they're being squeezed and they get smaller. Right? They're so... being condensed really tightly. And then when the, you release the pressure on them and they start to relax, those molecules get bigger. And if you have a lot of helium molecules in your watch and those are all growing and they have no place to go, it pops. Boop. So if we're wrong, someone please correct us. But if not, then we just had a little college chemistry. Yeah. So. That was a, a long explanation for what a helium release valve is. So you might see those on a, you know, 300 meter plus, like the Omega Seamaster 300. It's got this, which in my opinion is a big, ugly um, crown that comes out at 10 o'clock or 11, 1030 or whatever, 11 o'clock. But it serves it a purpose. It serves a purpose. I think it's ugly and I'm not a saturation diver. I don't need it. So I don't like them. That's just my own personal opinion. A lot of guys think it's super cool to have them nothing wrong with it. It just doesn't, it's not going to do anything for you. It's not going to serve quote unquote a purpose unless Mm -hmm. you're actually saturation diving. Now there are some saturation divers out there and they're going to use a watch. They want a backup right to all their gear. At the end of the day, if that watch is still running and all your gear fails, your fancy computers, you can still time your dive. Right now on the other hand, if you're in an airplane and you're up above sea level, um, at 40,000 feet, mm-hmm. how does that affect a watch? Because I spent my entire life in an airplane. I came out of the womb with a boarding pass in my hand. So it's not going to affect it. You can wear a watch in an airplane all day long. Unpressurized. What if you depressurize the aircraft? Does well, it matter? No, because the aircraft's never going to be pressurized more than sea level, right? You're, they don't even pressure them to sea level. You're, the they aircraft, pressurize them at about 5,000 feet. Yeah, so which is less pressure than at, at sea level. So mm-hmm. Um, your watch has less pressure on it okay. up there, so it doesn't it doesn't affect it. Um, if you talk about putting a watch in a vacuum, that may start to have an effect on it. But when you're just flying, like space, okay, yeah, which is why like Omega and and their competitors had to ha- pass all these rigorous tests before NASA accepted them. But yeah, for for flying, we digress. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, you wear whatever watch you want when just you go flying. Just something that I've done a lot it. of, and just curious. Yep. No, it's a good question. <laughs> so, I think we pretty much killed the topic of water resistance. So just, just to recap, if you want to go swimming, you know, some, (laughs) some light swimming or a bath, light swimming, five atmosphere, 50 meter, right? Anything below that, I wouldn't chance it. Um, at a hundred meters or 10 atmospheres, you're completely safe to do any kind of swimming water recreational activities. You could dive with it if you wanted to, it's probably going to be fine. Um, but that's kind of, you know, 50, 50 meters is the minimum if you really, really want to go swimming or do water sports. I would never recommend doing it with three. That's just to make sure that if it gets splashed, it's not you're not going to get water ingress into the case. So, 
So that's it for water resistance. If you guys have more questions on that, definitely feel free to reach out to us, but you probably don't need us. You can just search on it and you'll find so much material out there on the internet that explains watch water resistance. Cause like I said, it's been covered ad nauseum for mm-hmm. many, many years. Um, just nice to talk about it because I've had friends ask me. No, we've had a lot of listeners mm-hmm. ask. And, you know, if you, you'll read stuff that says, I wouldn't, you know, people say, don't swim with it unless it's 300 meter dive watch. That's bogus, completely bogus and ridiculous. If it's got a 100 meter rating, I guarantee you, if it hasn't been opened, that's the other thing that we should mention. Oh, right. You have to get your watch serviced, okay? 99% of the time, when you have it serviced, when they take that, when they put that case back back on, they might do a static air test on it, which is basically they just stick it in this little chamber and they crank up the pressure, air pressure, um, and that's it. There's not, they don't, they're not going to sink it in water to test that case anymore. So once it's, once that's happened, the only way to absolutely be sure is to have it water pressure tested in a special container. They're very expensive, these tools. If your watchmaker doesn't have it and you're using it as a dive watch, Tell them to send it somewhere that can do that. Usually the manufacturer will be able to do that, but it's important that once that case back's been opened, you've now compromised your water resistance. It has to be retested to factory specs to make sure that you can dive with it again. Does that make sense? Yes. And and that goes even for, you know, for watches that you don't swim or dive with. Cause we've had, like you've had your friends give you oh, watches yes, my for girlfriend. me to replace batteries in. And I'll pop the case back off and there's no rubber seal. Right. Right. I mean, it'll break and they won't replace it or who you knows. Can, you can take your watch pretty much anywhere that carries watch batteries and they'll mm-hmm. replace it for you like drugstores and stuff. Um, they're not, they're normally not experienced watch people. And if they pop the case back and maybe the, it, the old seal tears or breaks a lot of times they'll just pop that case back, back on the watch with no seal. And if you get, anywhere near water even splashing while you're doing dishes you're going to ruin the it's watch it's going to go right it's in it's going to go yeah. right into the watch so corrode you know make sure you're at least taking it to a reputable place ask them if they put a new seal in because most places should always put a brand new seal in like i've got this huge selection and if someone gives me a watch to do the battery i always put a new case back seal every single time because the old seal's been compressed it's now been exposed to air if you use that old seal again um you should not be anywhere near water. So if someone says, well, we, we didn't put a new seal in, we kept the old seal, I wouldn't get it anywhere near water because that seal's, seals been compromised. They degrade. Just they like degrade hoses over in your time. car. It's, you know, yep. watches are like cars. Yep. You definitely you wouldn't leave the same it. fan belt in your car, you know, the whole life of your car. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's one thing to keep in mind. So if you have a watch that you use regularly for water activity, um, make sure it gets it gets retested to it. And most watchmakers have something that they can test to 10 bar. So as long as you're not diving with it, if they can test it, dry test it to 10 bar, um, even if the watch originally was rated at 300 meters, if you're not gonna go diving in it, then you know as long as it's retested to 10 atmospheres or 100 meters, you're fine. Um, if you do wanna go diving with it, it needs to be sent somewhere that can do a full factory pressure test back to the original rated factory spec. It's a lot of so info. It is a lot of info. That's, but we did want to talk you're good about at, it. You're good at detail. And, uh, I'm the artsy person. You're the yeah, engineer. And there's just a lot of opinion out there about water resistance. But at the end of the day, listen less to the opinion and more to look Logic. at the ISO standard. Those are standards. They've been certified for testing. Um, 
you know, so if, if some quote unquote watch expert says, don't ever go swimming in a swimming pool with something that's only rated at a hundred meters, um, you know, smile and say, okay, thanks for the advice. Mm -hmm. And then go do your own research. Look at the ISO table, right? If ISO specs say hundred meters, you're totally fine going swimming or doing water sports or snorkeling. You're fine. As long as it's new and sealed. Right. And it's less about, about that and more about the movement. I mean, whipping your hand around or playing tennis with a watch on or really jarring, that's going to do a lot of damage to your watch, I think. Well, you absolutely can. I mean, dropping it on a table, you could do a lot more damage. Well, than, just some than, of the things I see people doing yeah. with their watches these days with uh, sports and, you know. Yeah, and new, new, newer mechanical watches have, you know, some really good shock shock absorbers in them for the, like, the balance and that kind of stuff. And they can put up with some of that. But, you know, if, if you're a watch collector and you're collecting mechanical watches, be gentle with them. Don't, mm-hmm. don't do any unnecessary heavy strong movements with them it just doesn't make a lot of sense you know even if it doesn't break it it could screw up the timing on it or wear it down yeah shorten your green time between your maintenance yeah just just treat them with the respect that they deserve so so maybe let's close it off with what what we'd both like to see in uh in 2019 how about that well right right before we do that i just wanted to mention coincidentally i had pulled out my invecta abalone dial blue um 300 meter watch it's got like a matte like a gray blue bezel and an abalone dial and it's got some diamonds on the indices i think one of our listeners Vinny, he has the guy's version of this the large one but i'm just putting it next to this little pink and gray and yellow scarf and it even looks good with that it does yeah it's so pretty Take a picture so we can yeah include it, and it's know? a and this is a 36 is that a 37 or a 38? I'd have to look, but it's, a 38. it's it's called the Women's mm-hmm. Grand Diver. So, you know, this was under $100. And it's got a mechanical movement in it. So it's, it's got really the cool. NH35 yeah. Seiko movement in it. Exhibition sapphire, back. Exhibition back. Sapphire crystal. Um, Actually, so, is that, that's probably mineral crystal. Probably the front and back are both mineral. That's not going to be a sapphire for 80 bucks. I think it says sapphire on the back. Does it really? God, if Here, it does, man, I. And Invictus is such a price. I might be wrong. It's crazy. There's a budget for everybody, and I know a lot of people just have the the hate for Invicta, but if you can't afford more, that's there's nothing wrong with that. This is where we started out with, you know, we were on a budget, and I don't. See, I'm my. Are you not seeing sapphire? My vision's pretty bad, but I'm not seeing okay. sapphire on here, so it's probably I think mineral crystal. Some of them might be, but the, some of the more expensive ones probably have yeah. sapphire. So, all right, let's talk a little bit about 2019. Um, oh, yeah, I put that on our little notes, huh? Yeah, and I think, and I actually really like your, I think your notes here are pretty similar to mine um, in terms of sizing, case sizing, is we're seeing, we have started to yeah, see Basil's a coming. trend downward. Basil's coming at the end of March. We're kind of in that slow period well, right we now. We were complaining between, about that last year, like that yeah. when I was really getting into, you know, getting my thoughts out about women and watches mm-hmm. and saying that why don't they make them a little smaller because we've got guys in our red bar group who are they're not big men and they they love that 38 millimeter or smaller yeah yeah well and i think that's the trend we're seeing so we we went through a period like in the 90s and 2000s where bigger was better right big blingy 46 47 millimeter watches like your precisionist yeah but we've the trend is definitely coming back down to reasonable sizes. I don't know if we're going to probably won't go back to like the 32 and 34 millimeter sizes of the fifties and sixties, but, um, 
you know, 38 to 42 for me, that's like a sweet spot. Cause like my, my Rolex Oyster Perpetual is 39. It's wonderful size on my seven and a half well, my, inch wrist. My Explorer, my vintage is about 36. Yep. That is a perfect size. It's such a... Too small for me, but great size for you. for you. Yeah, but I would love to see Rolex do a Submariner in a 37 or a 38. Because, you you know, you're you're totally in love and on a honeymoon with our sub. Right. It's just too... It's it too just big feels too big. It's so heavy, and it makes me so sad because it's a gorgeous watch. But when I look at it on my wrist compared to yours, it looks so small on you and thin. And on me, it just looks like I'm wearing my daddy's watch. And that's just a case difference. It's it's, it's still a 40, mil, uh, 40 millimeter, but with the maxi right. case, it's yeah, the, wide our, lugs. Our and... bluesy looks totally different on me. Yeah, yeah. Hey, dog, lay down. Come on. Get in here and lay down. <laughs> the dog lay down in your play. bed. She's, Come going, on, she's getting hungry. Good girl. Um, Good girl. So, but even more than Rolex, I mean, yeah, I'd like to see him go smaller because the original sub was like 36 or 37 millimeter, I think. But well, that's the thing is they used to make smaller watches. I want to say to all the micro brand owners out there, thank you. There is a market <laughs> for smaller watches, so I would love to see like a range of dive watches from a micro in thirty six to forty millimeter. Cap it at forty, but there are some women and some men with really small wrists that really struggle. We've had some listeners that are just really struggling to find it. They want a dive watch but they can't find one that fit, that doesn't look just crazy yeah. big on their wrist. Some are doing two sizes, like the Alexander Venacci, which we're waiting for. That's yep. supposed but to But that's not come. a dive watch. Correct. It's not a dive watch, but yeah. they offer one women's size and a men's size. Yep. I don't think that's necessary. I think if you find one sweet spot in between unisex, I think that's going to be good because female collectors, we want the guys' watches but in a little bit smaller size. We want. We don't right. want diamonds on it. We don't want it pink. We don't want, you know. Yeah, I still like. We want the same I watch. I still like to see the like option this, there. Like this diver. Like if there was a dive that watch I'm, that came out in 38 millimeter, that'd be tough for me. At a seven and a half inch wrist. Well, what it, about 39? It might look a little small. What about 39? I'd wear a 39, but then we have listeners with like five and three quarter inch wrists. There's no way they could pull off a 39 millimeter diver. So they need yeah. something more like 36, which is even going to look big, but it'll look like a big diver on their wrist. So again, it'll be probably catered to the men. And I don't want to sound like an angry female. No, I, that's what I'm saying. It is, is going to be catered towards the men. I it think will go I larger. Wanna see, I want to see these brands catering more to everybody, including women that have small wrists. That's why I think... Uh, a dive watch that came out that had like a 36 and a 39 or a 36 and a 40. So a little bit more gap, right? Because a lot of times you'll see a 38 and a 40. Yeah, it's too close. That's too close. Get them a little further apart. Um, you know, probably not, you're not going to want to make as many of the smaller ones because you're going to have more people that are going to want like a 40 or a 38. But um, I just want to see more of that that downsizing continue to happen and not just at the big brands, but at the micros too. I think there's a lot... You know, if I was going to go in and be a micro brand today, I'd offer some some smaller offerings because it's just and it's not just for smaller wrists. People just in general, watch collectors are looking for smaller watches most of the time now. So that's personally what I want to see. There, um, there's always going to be the market for women wanting a very feminine, beautiful diamond D watch. I, I have them. I have that Bulova crystal that was under 300. I tried on that Reign de Naples, the Breguet. I mean... That's not a man's watch. That's a women's watch. So I, I don't think that women just want dive watches. I mean, we, we like it all. Well, no, not at all. Collectors, collectors tend to want to get 
a little bit of everything, which includes the men's watches, but in a smaller size. But we still want the we still want the pretty stuff. So I'm not saying that we don't want women's watches. We still want women's watches. But we also want to be able to wear styles that are traditionally male, but are just a little bit smaller size because we really like the size. That's what's missing from the market. And that's why I want to see these brands offering more of those styles that were traditionally men only in smaller sizes. I think it it's only going to benefit them. It's going to benefit their female collectors, their collectors that have smaller wrists and just, it's just where the market's going. But I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head is that a female watch collector may not just want blingy diamond watches. She may want watches that, that us as guys are buying, but they're too big for her wrist. Mm-hmm. So I want to see that continue. Um, the other thing that, that I want to see is I want to see more innovation from the big brands. And, you know, I've, I've commented well, if it's on, not broke. Don't fix it. No, nah, I see. I, I completely disagree with that because I think the mechanical watch market, even though, you know, the numbers come out, Oh, they're, they were better than 2017. Yeah. But 2017 numbers sucked. So well, 2018, we blew it out. Of, so here's the thing. Our economy is doing really well. So how does that affect it? Well, I don't, I don't, I think it's a separate subject. I think my point is like something that really bugged me. And I know all the Omega fan people out there are going to hate me for this, but I think the re-release of the 321 movement is ridiculous because it's a 50 or 60 year old movement. They're not making any improvement. They've already said they're really not making any improvements to it. So I don't know what they did spending two years redeveloping. it. I'm not exactly sure what they did if they didn't make any improvements to it. And it's going to be, we all already know. And, and if I'm wrong, I'll eat my words, but it's pretty much the writings on the wall. This thing is going to be used in high end limited pieces. So they as a collector piece, yeah. Basically. So it's like, well, as a mega, well, we're going to give you the opportunity to buy really old technology, and we're going to charge you fifteen thousand or twenty thousand dollars for it. That drives me nuts. What I think Omega should have done is come out with a brand new movement uh, from the ground up, which to me would take a couple years to develop. Not not re-releasing an ancient sixty-year-old movement. Come out with a new column wheel chronograph movement. The coax, that's you mean? Nice or? and thin. Doesn't have to be coax, but come out with a new. Something new, new technology, new materials, a new way of doing something. And then if you want to charge for it to make up for the R&D, that's fine. But the the whole reissue thing has gotten out of control. And now we're doing it with movements. And, Is it the vintage fever? You know, yeah. And it's like, do a new one and call it the 1321, right? So maybe it's got the same basis as the 321, but it's redesigned from the ground up with new technologies and new materials and don't call it the 321. I just, that kind of stuff bugs me. I really want to see more innovation from these guys. So like something I would love to see from Zenith, and I'm sure we're not going to see it. Oh, but Zenith. I would love to see that new Defy Lab movement, the, the silicon movement, where basically the entire movement vibrates. There's no traditional mm-hmm. um, escapement. I'd love to see that in a 21st century um, El Primero case and dial watch. I think that would be awesome. We got to see that. Are we going to see it? I don't know. Beautiful. Yeah, I think we're probably going to see that movement in like tags and some other stuff. I don't know if we're going to see it in a... Because this year is the 50th anniversary for the El Primero movement. Mm -hmm. So come out with a new El Primero 2 that's based on the Defy Lab. And, you know, I that's the kind of stuff I personally want to see. Again, this is all just opinion. But to me, if the watch, if the the watch community, the watch manufacturers, if they want to survive, they need to... They need to innovate. They need to get people excited about watches again. 
Um, you know, I love the traditional stuff, but if I want a vintage watch, I'll go buy a vintage watch. I don't want to spend 50000 on something that has a 60-year-old movement um, just because it's got this, it's the same movement with the same number. I well, think and it's there, silly. And there's, there's schools of thought of if it's not broke, don't fix it. Go back to what was good or innovate. Like we, when we met with the Hublot guys, uh, the, the yeah. AD there, he yeah. was he was so proud of them that they innovate and they change and they do different things. And I, I think that's great. Oh, totally. And regardless of what you think about the Hublot as a brand in terms of aesthetics, boy, they, they're very they diverse. innovate like crazy. Like that they new are. red ceramic is, they're the first ones that have been able well, to do that. Well, and the ladies really watch cool. that I tried on, I really liked it. And it was, yeah, it looks stainless it was steel, but it was a little titanium. more masculine than a lady's watch. And I think a collector would absolutely, totally. and I just think people pass them up because they just hear this, this you know, they opinionated, heard the word, yeah. you know, right away they get this bad They've already Hate. set. They've already set their opinion based on the opinions of others in today's crazy world, which of is all about media. social media. So yeah. we have to do what you like and don't follow the crowd. Do what you like. Buy what you like. Don't don't hate something just because there's a culture of hate for that specific thing. <laughs> I mean, it's it just drives me crazy. I mean, I think Hublot makes some cool watches, you know. And and Machek and I, Machek, our our red bar. Sacramento who we leader. had on as a guest. He and I'll argue about episode. that all day long because he does not like Hublot. And yeah, he don't like that's them. fine. <laughs> I respect everyone's opinion, but at the same time, there may be some neat offerings within a brand that are really cool. You know, it's just to me, Hublot is like uh, the high end Invicta, right? Because they're all handmade and they're very high end stuff. But you've got the Hublots that are just silly, ridiculous that are for millionaires to show, see. Look at what I could afford, but they make some really you mean like cool, the La Ferrari. Yeah, like that, or they've got some crazy ones, but but they've also got some really cool kind of entry level mid tier luxury watches. Yeah, the one that really I posted cool. on Instagram was gorgeous. Yeah, the the it had the screws on the outside with the brush bezel. Is that really the, really nice? I think it's the Unico Classic or something, or maybe it's the Big Bang. They had a Classic, couple. They know. had like three different colors, and but they're not crazy at all. They're, it was they're, lovely. They're good looking watches. So you know, I I think back to my point is I want to see more innovation from some of these other brands, right? Omega did it with the coax how many years ago in the nineties and they really haven't innovated since. Well, and you see that now they come out with their old movement. Come on guys, go let's move forward. And I know people are going to disagree with me on this. There's people are going to want that because it's the movement that went to the moon, blah, 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 whatever. I mean, the movement in your manual wine watch that went to the moon is 30 seconds off per day. So yeah, it's, (laughs) It's not a very accurate watch. It's not. It's not a good movement by today's standard. The eighteen or the eight sixty one or the eighteen sixty one now, and mine's the eighteen sixty three only because it's got extra decoration on it. But mechanically, it's a identical sapphire to sandwich the eighteen sixty one. To um, yeah, but it it's exhibition. not a, in today's standards. It's not a very good movement. I mean, it's reliable. It runs, but that's not accurate. That thing loses or gains like ten or fifteen seconds a day. That's I got most of my Seikos are better than that. So that's because it's old. So why would I spend a ton of money for an even older movement that where they've done no improvement? I just it just well, rubs and me you the sense wrong the way. ego too with some of the with some of the brands too, where they uh, we talked about this in the last episode where you've got the more welcoming um, they're innovating, they're welcoming, they're bringing you in versus oh my stuff's so great and I don't have to change it and right. and I'm so wonderful and if you don't like it you can just walk out the door which is why we left why we left Panerai and we left all these yeah. different places when we were looking yep. for a watch for me that they make day. you feel like you're lucky to be buying it which 
Rolex is the same way, and I have to, <laughs> I have to, I have to admit that even though it is that way, I still love the brand. But well, I love the watches. You no, know, I don't I regret not getting the Explorer Two because it just wasn't a good experience, yeah. and I didn't want to. I saved less, a lot of money by. Yeah, that by, was less to do with the brand though, and more to do with the experience of uh, that yeah, particular store. But that was actually a really old watch too. Yeah, but it's very old. You know, again, just more innovation. I'd like to see more the big brands driving more um, affordable entry level options. I think that's always great. I'd love to see, like, I would love to see an Omega. Um, and I, I keep coming back to Omega, but I, I think it's it's a good brand to talk about because their quality it runs is the gamut. They have good quality. They have mm-hmm. entry level stuff by entry level, like four grand. Uh, I think it'd be neat to see an Omega in like the $2,500 range, just a good solid basic three-hander, no no coax movement. Um, I'd like to see more entry-level stuff from mm-hmm. some of these brands. I think that's like really I tried the on only that, way they're going to survive. I tried on that Railmaster with the denim dial. Oh, yeah. It's pretty expensive for a very casual like watch. Grand, isn't it? Something very like casual. That, yeah. And that's okay. Casual's okay. I could wear it every day. But, yeah. you know, when you're on a budget, you have to think about this kind of stuff. So, PG, is there any anything else that w- you are hoping for for 2019 before we wrap this episode up? I can tell you you're ready to wrap. <laughs> We're at an hour and a half, so <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's, dear. it's definitely time to wrap. I just, but I wanted to give you an opportunity if well, there's anything else you Well, I think um, one thing I noticed with SIHH, with what I saw on the buzz on Instagram, was that things looked more casual to me. Things were... Uh, not as detailed. I saw a lot of stuff with not applied indices, things that were a little bit more um, scaled back, like the Panerai did not have the sandwich dial. Um, I think we're kind of seeing, I don't know if that's like a throwback to the 80s, because I know 80s are really hot right now. Super hot. It's because all of us like pink and gray. in the 80s have, pink and have gray. spending money. Pink and gray is really big. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're looking for kind of more... I'm missing the quality. Interesting. You think the quality is dropping? I think they're calling it campy and and retro and they're saving money. That's possible. That's possible. But what do I know? Well, I'm kind of an outsider on the watch thing because I didn't really come into this. I celebrated 1500 followers today on my Instagram, that's awesome. but I, did, I came into this by accident. So um, we had a lot of great conversation at home and this is how we got here. So but we you're, just you're not, chit-chat. I mean, you're an insider for sure. You you read the articles, you go to the shows. Oh, with, yeah. You know, we, we're our, you are an insider now in terms and I think of I surpri- knowledge. But I think I surprise people that I... Yeah, I think so. That I know I think so. some things. I don't know everything, but I know a little bit about a few things. So One thing we didn't get to today, which we'll maybe try to get to in the next episode, is we'll talk about the moon phase complication and how it works in the history. We didn't get to that today. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting history lesson. So, yeah. So what else to look for? Stay tuned. We're going to have another upcoming episode of What's in the Collection. We've done a couple of those, and we want to do a third one, uh, which is basically just us telling you guys what we have in our, our personal collections. Um, the one Those thing are really we, popular. One thing we didn't announce today, we have to apologize, but due to the, the health and stuff, we didn't get the drawing done for our regrammers or oh, our folks yeah. that were regrammed. We got some so great prizes for that. We are going to draw a name for those that were regrammed in 2018. Um, we already announced what the prizes were, a signed copy of uh, 100, 100 plus No BS Watch Tips and a band and some spring bars and a watch tool from Terry over at Toxic Natives. So, think, aren't we also including 2019? 
No, this no, is just 2018. 2018. Okay. We're going to do one for the first half of 2019. So six months ah. worth of regrams for 2019. Um, the, again, the tw- this one is going to be the best one because we didn't start our regrams in June. We started them like, I don't know, October, November. So you don't have as much competition mm-hmm. if you got regrammed in 2018. <laughs> so you guys got a good shot. Everyone that's going to, that got regrammed has a good shot at this one. So we'll, we'll do that drawing between now and next week's show and then contact the winner and then we will announce that winner on next week's show. I think we're going to do something really crazy and creative that I saw from one of my friends who's a waterfowl rescuer. Don't spoil it. Oh. Don't spoil okay. it. If, you're, if you want to do it as a video on Instagram, we might try it. it. We so. might try something unique. Yeah. So to have one of our pets pick the... <laughs> Pick the winner. We might try that. But (laughs) in any case, however we do it, it'll be between this week and next week before we announce it. I want to tell. I want to spoil it. Well, I didn't see any details. I didn't see any details. um, So that'll be announced next time. And I think that's probably about it. As you, oh, check out YouTube. We have um, the noticed review is up there. Yes, we did Look a joint video. Look for more content coming video. up on YouTube. My first video review. Yep, and and definitely um, subscribe to us on YouTube because we're going to have some special stuff coming up for our YouTube subscribers as well. So go subscribe to us on YouTube. If you guys have ideas for videos that you want to see, either for reviews or informational stuff, let us know. Uh, we'd be happy to put that up there. Same with, with show topics. If there's... If you're a watch newbie and and there's some the topics you don't understand, let us know. Followers yeah, on we, our I show, know we have, so a lot of our our followers on Instagram are new to Instagram. So I know a lot of them are new to watch collecting. But anyway, if you guys have ideas you want to hear about that we haven't done in the past show, let us know. Um, please follow us on Instagram. The one thing I will ask, I haven't asked in a few shows. Please, 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 if you're listening to us on iTunes, give us a quick rating. And if you got you know two minutes do a quick a quick written review for us we'd appreciate it because that really affects how um our podcast comes up in itunes when people search for, I for know, topics it's all the details in the and it's it's ridiculous it and works. i hate to have to to keep asking but if you guys feel like please, it, if you're us. enjoying it and it doesn't if have to be a long review you know and if you're not enjoying it let us know and review us i mean i had a, a listener reach out or emailed us they were you know upset with some things that we had said in a show and <gasps> And I responded to that. That was some comments on on the website, and um, and I responded, and and I think that kind of helped clear it up. But definitely let us know. You know, let us know how we're doing. If it's if you think there's something missing from the show, or we don't want to hurt any feelings thing, either. You know, give us a give us a rating. If it's not a five star and it's only a two or a three star, tell us why. Right? Let us know. But let us fix it. Yeah, we're doing this for you guys. I mean, this is not... It's our hobby. As we've stated many times, we're not making a single penny on this show. We're doing it for you. We're doing it because we love watches, and we figured we'd take our conversations to the air and to to other watch fans. So feel free to get angry with us, but just know um, we will always respond, and we will take all the comments to heart um, because we're doing this for you. And if, if people don't like it, there's no reason for us to do it. And I know... 99% 99% of the comments are very positive, but you know, long story short, review us on iTunes, follow us on Instagram, uh, at love and watches. And, uh, we do have a Facebook site. I don't keep it up. It really we just gets updated when I do posts on the, on the <laughs> website. So still don't know if we're going to do anything on Facebook. If we do, I'll probably be asking for help. From Instagram's a, a lot of work. Instagram in and of itself. It's been a lot of work. And, that's and I'm I... getting chemo and doing all my things. So I'm not, you're doing a lot of the responding 
on Instagram for the love and watches. So I have to give you props for that, Rantracer. I try, but you've been doing more posts on Love and Watches, which is a good thing because I we want to keep both of those trying um, to keep it fun perspectives and. But yeah, it's it is a lot of work, and it's not uh, like I said, it's not something that we're that we have income from. We do it because we love it, and and something I want to do is improve my photography. Mike and Kaz did a great show last week, or no, it was yeah, it was it was Monday of last week. That was on, a fun one on photography and just how to improve your photography skills. How they hi do guys. It. Uh, that's one thing <laughs> I I really want to improve upon, and you know it's something that we're working on because I think especially it's a these hobby days of mine. in Instagram, yeah. if you want to build followers, you better have good quality because there's a lot of junk on Instagram. Some of my stuff's junk, and I notice the stuff that's not it's not a good I picture. Know. It gets well, fewer my, likes. So mine mine gets a little blurry, but I yours yours are better than mine. I'm trying. I have a little bit of a gene. My dad was a really good photographer, so I have a little bit of that, but. We're, we're bottom line is we're trying, Just trying to, to share our fun. Yeah. And we're trying to, to improve the photography and that'll get better over time as we figure that stuff out. But anyway, um, I think that's enough. I think we better wrap this show. <laughs> rambling on. Rambling on rambling about on. what I want you guys to do. But um, anyway, let's wrap it for um, episode 23. This is Ranch Racer. And I'm Perpetual Girl. And thank you for listening to us talk about our our passion and our hobby and we will see you guys for episode 24 later bye-bye